Hey, I'm Angie. And I'm Emily. Being a creative person in the corporate space can be really tough, and we should know. Join us to talk about how to be a right brain in a left-brained world. It's The Artist at Work. Hi, everybody. So, you know, we're about... you know, roughly six months into this whole podcast experiment. And it's funny because we have pushed ourselves into the business of giving advice um, and making this about, you know, advice for other creatives, perhaps younger creatives, perhaps people who are looking for a little bit of career change. But advice has been a lot of the stuff that we've been doling out over the last half a year. So today I want to talk a little bit, we want to talk a little bit about the advice that we give, the advice that we've gotten, um, the advice that we accept, the advice that we reject, um, what's good, what's bad, and what would we um, like to hear from ourselves and others moving forward. So Angie, tell me what the, the worst advice you've ever gotten about your job has been. Gosh, this is tough. I think there's like categories of bad advice, right? Sure. But I think one of the things that never sat well with me was that you need to be better at presenting. Why don't you go to Toastmasters? Uh, we've, we've both received that advice. <laughs> Um, and not I to think, not Toastmasters, people who oh, no, no. are interested it's, in it, love it and benefit from it greatly. Well, it, I think it's, for me, it feels much like theater where that was never interesting to me to be on stage, right? <laughs> so while I do think it's important to be able to present well and to tell your story strongly and be confident in your messaging, I don't necessarily think that you need to theatrically sell yourself in a big way that they they or people who um, are great at speeches sell. I think it, it could be different for certain job roles, but for me, I feel like I've been more successful following my intuition and my own style than, a, than one that's been given to me in a five bulleted list. That's such a good point. And I think that that raises like perhaps a whole separate discussion about like, you know, audience and and being sensitive to that, which is, as I've said many times, my number one thing, but like we give advice that is helpful to us. Toastmasters is a really templated approach for people who respond to that really well, but just like anything else, you know, you, you get a hundred people, one message and maybe, you know, three of them are going to bite onto that. And so, you know, the advice that we get and the advice that we give is largely based not on um, the recipient, but the giver, I think. Yeah. And I also think it's about the resources, right? So if that's a resource that your company supports, then wow, here's a freebie for you to go be a part of something. That's awesome. So you're not really thinking about tailoring it to the person, but to what the organization already supports, which sometimes doesn't line up. Well, sure. And they just, you know, it's, then it is, oh, we did it. We gave them the resource and they failed rather than like, we gave them a resource that wasn't right for them. And of course they failed because they didn't want to do this. Yeah. And I think that rolls back to what we were talking about with motivators and being the center of attention and commanding a room kind of goes without those power and that those kind of motivators, which often don't line up for sometimes a creative person. 
For sure. I mean, the, you know, we spend so much time learning and thinking about and, and, you know, ingraining into ourselves that the work and the process are the important parts. Um, and then you make something beautiful or at least useful or helpful out of those things. And that is such deeply personal work that again, like hearing from somebody else, this like one size fits all system where like, yeah, just go to like management training. Like, well, that's not helpful because it doesn't really apply to me. It doesn't apply to my team. It doesn't apply to my organization, but you're just going to give me this thing because like, there's no, of course, like that's the thing that you have available. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's kind of an issue high level within corporations is that they want to put band-aids on issues. They don't want to get to the root of the problem and help people with certain things. And I'm, of course, there's places that do this better than others, but personally, that's why I created my course, Emerging Leaders, was to guide people through being an individual contributor to a manager and think about myself and like what I needed through those times that weren't there for me. And I had to kind of fail forward and figure out. So I think there's gaps in this, this example of you need to be better presenting is just one of those that feels like good, kind of good advice, but really it's projection is how it feels. Well, and it's also so situational, right? Like much of the feedback and advice I have received has been very hinged on like, I need to present to a a group of quote unquote important people. So I need to be a better presenter, but there's no holistic strategic thinking because it's somebody who needs me to do something that's very time sensitive rather than like, you don't really care about growing me long-term as a person. And like, I know what I need better than you do. Yeah. That's just the type of advice that rubs me the wrong way. And I feel like sometimes when you hear it, you're not sure why it rubs you the wrong way. And maybe somebody might say, if it makes you uncomfortable, that's good. It means you're growing. And I think that is true often. But in this instance, for me, it was not. That's a really good, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I have said before, you know, advice and feedback are kind of similar. And I've said before that feedback is a gift that I wish came with a gift receipt, (laughs) Um, because I'm very sensitive about receiving it good, bad, or otherwise. Um, so it's just, I think a matter of like my removing the other person from it and thinking about like, you know, doing some hard introspection about like what I can fix and what I would like to fix. And maybe sometimes there's not something to fix. I think it's also difficult in a corporate setting where you are given advice and feedback from typically, um, your manager or your leader. And it comes from a place of, you know, they want to grow you, of course, but it also comes from a place of like maybe a performance review and maybe these things are tied to money. And then yeah. that's not really fair, right? Like it's it's fair. It's how things work. But when you're talking about my personality and then you're telling me to change a piece of it to make me better at my job, but really that doesn't line up. That's when I think it gets a little muddy. But again, we're prescribed these systems and formulas to blanket everyone. So things that feel like, oh, wow, this person could be better at communication. Let's give them Toastmasters. It just doesn't, it's not how it works. We're people. Yeah. And I do, I, I will say that I, I, A, I think you're totally right. And B, I think that I'm starting to see a little bit of a change in in businesses and in, you know, the companies where I've worked over the last almost 20 years where like people are becoming a little bit more sensitive to individuals and their needs in the workplace rather than 
these blanket approaches when you're talking about something as sensitive as, as people's growth and professional and personal, um, you know, interests and feedback. I don't think that that's where we need to be applying these, these huge one size fits all programs that are absolutely not one size fits all because I don't need to be giving a speech about my childhood pet in front of a room of 50 strangers. Absolutely. It's not teaching me anything. It's actually teaching me to be, um, it's teaching me that I was right in being afraid of that and disdainful of that to be very honest. (laughs) Or that it's super not me. Like this isn't how I would talk. Right. So isn't authenticity when you're selling a message most important, believing what your message is and being behind it. And if you're giving me a framework that feels icky, that's never going to sit well. So what about you? Bad advice. I can certainly say that here um, recently, some bad advice I have given is the advice that you should be consuming more than you are creating. I think that was a really, I said it here a month ago. I've said it in trainings that I've done at work over the last, I mean, five, 10 years. I say it all the time because I think that like people do need to be learning and sort of like absorbing a lot of information. But I think that saying consume more than you create is a really bad way to put it because I think that that allows for the consumption of all sorts of types of content that we don't necessarily need as far as inspiration and education goes. I don't think that I have, I am off of Instagram and feel great because it's something that like during other times I would spend a lot of, you know, just mindless hours scrolling through. And I could put that in the bucket of content consumption for myself. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it is. So I think that like, I would like to amend, I think that was that advice because it wasn't nuanced enough. I think that like, I would like to amend that advice to far more of a, a lesson that I really do believe is true, which is that you should just listen more than you speak. You know, if you're consuming, gar- it's my mom loves to say garbage in, garbage out. And that's true. And, you know, I would like to be a little more conscientious about what I consume and also conscientious about what I advise others to consume as well. How about good advice that you've received? Um, I'm especially, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in good advice that you've gotten, but also like good advice from sources you weren't necessarily expecting to get good advice from. I think good advice that I've gotten or absorbed kind of like through the years, and I don't know if it's come from a certain source or if it's been a, like a combination of several influences within my life, is just to maintain that curiosity. So ask a lot of questions. And if you don't understand something, don't be scared to say so. Oftentimes there are no bad questions, but I also think you have to have the humility to not feel silly to ask. And I don't think there's anything wrong with clarifying things or digging into something more to understand it more deeply, especially if you have to execute against it. I think that's really smart. And I think that it sort of speaks to like these blanket platitudes that we all like, you know, that are plastered on walls of offices. Hang in there is not advice. (laughs) With the cat. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. Remember book fairs? Yes. Oh my God. Posters were like at book fairs. Uh Uh-huh. And those little pamphlets that they'd send out like a week before on the newsprint. Yes. I can smell them as I'm, yeah. Um, But yeah, hang in there isn't advice. It's a platitude. It is 
something that you can kind of remind yourself that like, you know, remain positive and remain tenacious or whatever, but like kind of really specific stuff like that is, is much more important, I think. Yeah. And that's not like completely this advice changed my life, but I think it has shaped my life, right? It's, it's made me value curiosity in those around me and those I hire on teams. I really appreciate when people ask good, thoughtful questions or, you know, want the big motivator behind what they're up to. Again, I've talked about this before, but I think creatives especially want to understand why they're doing something, why a writer is writing whatever they're writing, why you're designing whatever you're writing, who is the client, what's the, or the customer or the experience, and, you know, why am I spending my time on this and why is it important? So I think, again, curiosity is the underlying theme there. And I'm sure there's a whole separate episode and, and, you know, conversational thread about like, curiosity being tied to purpose and how those are both very important things for creative people to have. Right. Like, absolutely. You know, I just think that like all of that's very, very tied together. And that is, you know, it is good advice. And something like being curious is really good advice, blanket advice, really, because like you have to then decide what you're going to be curious about. And that's so specific. Right. What about you? Really good advice or maybe from an unexpected source. At my first job out of college, made a very, very dumb mistake that it wasn't like, it didn't cost anybody any money, but it made a key stakeholder really, really mad. And I was really embarrassed. And my like, it was, it was a stupid, it was one word that changed the meaning of my email subject line, which just like snowballed into a whole thing and escalated quite high in the organization even though like, again, it wasn't expensive. It wasn't cruel. It was, it was just, it was stupid. And my boss's 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 boss, you know, it was one of those organizations called me into his office to assure me that it was fine. And he called it a hustle mistake. And he was more kind of focused on the fact that I had made this error because I was working fast to get the work done, which again, like productivity porn is its own thing for me. And like, that's different, but this was very timely, you know, time sensitive work. He was, he was happier that I had made a hustle mistake than not made the, you know, done the work at all. And I have thought about that a lot in the intervening almost 20 years. It's just like hustle mistakes are okay. Um, it is not the way I, I usually work or the way I usually approach things, but I think about that advice re- weekly and I wasn't expecting it to get it from this guy and I was not expecting it to stick with me for as long as it has. I really like that. It's really gracious and it's um, also a nod to hard work. Totally. Right? saying, I appreciate that you've been working your butt off, but this is a mistake and we're calling it out as such, but like you're putting the work in and it, it shows. Well, and it was really, um, it allowed me to take ownership of making a mistake and being fine with that, you know? Yeah, and that's really tough at first. In yeah. Your job. Uh-huh. You're always worried you're going to like mess something up in a big way and get fired. Completely. And I still worry about that. But this guy really, it, it was, again, a very unexpected source. Um, we didn't have a lot of contact. We didn't have a, a, a necessarily like, close relationship, but I really, I have, that has been a piece of advice that I've taken with me for a long, long time. A good one. So in the advice realm, 
is there certain people or sources that you take more seriously from an advice standpoint? Personally, I'm in this new coaching space, right? And there's so many places I can be drawing experience from. People who do social media to launching courses to even podcasting. There's so much information out there, which is incredible, but it can be completely overwhelming. So I've just, I've like picked my courses and I've just decided those are the people I'm going to listen to for this season of my career and try to drown out the rest of the noise, unfollow, unsubscribe, and really, you know, zero in so I can hear messages that are resonating. And then also kind of looking at people who aren't years and years and years, 10 years ahead of me, looking at people who are maybe a little closer in. So I'm not feeling so behind. Is there anything like that for you? I think as far as my job goes, um, the advice that I look for is largely from people who don't work inside of my industry. I think I look to really writers who I really um, appreciate their takes on creativity, people who kind of have like share my sort of perspectives on production and rest and stuff like that. Um, I think that really for me, it's, it's a lot about just reading from people whose writing kind of draws me in, which is its own, like, you know, kind of weird um, story of attraction. But yeah. What about who are your actual sources? Well, first I wanted to say, like, I think another thing I'm really focused on is not being in like an echo chamber. So I'm trying to follow people who are different for me and do slightly different things so that I'm hearing new perspectives and approaches that, you know, wouldn't come second nature to me. People I'm listening to, I am in Hillary Rushford's mastermind. She, if you guys don't know who she is, she's very big on Instagram, but um, she has a style and sensibility course that kind of went viral, but she's an entrepreneur of 10 plus years and um, is really business savvy. And she works towards the idea of essentialism and doing less but better. And I'm really trying to embrace that mentality. She has this wonderful mastermind that is 200-ish women. And um, we have, we, we meet Tuesdays and Thursdays and in different venues or smaller groups or bigger groups. And it's really just an open forum. And then there's like a mighty network community as well that you can have conversations throughout the weeks. I'm leaning on that for entrepreneur questions or launch questions or course questions or things that are really particular to a coach or a consultant or things like that. So that has been really grounding for me because I have this community that I didn't have before. So I'm definitely listening to Hillary. When it comes to social media, I have really leaned into Jasmine Starr. She is, while I'm not a part of her social curators program, I think that she gives a lot away for free. And she has taught me a lot. Like she put together a whole thing on reels and was like, this is how you do reels well. And just like watching her free content is so gracious to her community. So I feel like she's really, really amazing too. And then there's a few other coaches who's Uh, content I just consume and I take note of how well they tell their stories. So no one in particular, but there's, you know, a few kind of like in my sphere. So again, that's really specific to me and where I'm at in my season of my, of life. I think that's great. And I'm sure that would be really helpful for many of the people listening 
to this again, for the same reason that you said that, like, just because they don't specialize or work in that space, like that doesn't mean they're not going to glean something really valuable from what these people are saying. And I think that you also made a great point about like going outside of your like immediate circle of content creators and folks and experts you trust to get different perspectives and to get different um, ways of looking at things. And that, you know, helps you kind of puzzle together your own strategy and your own take and the, the advice that you want to give most other people. Yeah. And I think what's kind of coming full circle for me, which, you know, is a resounding thing in my life is that I just need to trust my gut, like follow, like learn and absorb, but then come back to, you know, what you know and trust yourself and move forward in a way that makes sense to you and feels authentic to you. So right now I'm in that like crossroads of like, what's next? How do I build? How do I grow? How do I scale? And I'm, I have like four different ways I could go. So I'm at this weird place emotionally even that I don't know what's next and I need a little more processing time before I can make a decision, which isn't how I like to roll, (laughs) right? I like to kind of take action and move things forward and just go and pivot later, but that doesn't feel right at this moment. So we're going to give it a little space. Hang in there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do think we've sort of rounded the bend to say, you know, that like, we are not professional advice givers on this podcast, but like you have built a business of being a very customized and tailored advice giver for your clients when you're coaching them. And I think that's the most valuable kind of advice that one can ultimately get is having somebody who listens to them and understands them. And rather than putting them in a Toastmasters course, because there are other 15 direct reports, we're told to do the same thing. You're really (laughs) giving these people and your clients some really valuable personalized advice and knowledge that they can then use to launch themselves to the next step. Yeah, I definitely hope so. I think that that's definitely the intent and the mentoring, the coaching, the developing of people definitely rose to the top in my last 10 years of experience. That's the stuff that I love the most. So being able to do that full time has been really rewarding. So hopefully, you know, it continues in a way that feels super good for me and helpful for others. I have no doubt that it won't. And if you need advice on how to do it, do not ask me. (laughs) Cool. So we would like to hear from you about your best, worst, or weirdest advice that you've either given or received. Let us know. We've gotten plenty of it over the years. We're, you know, both now at this point, either embarking on our fifth decade or just cranking out the last year of our fourth Um, so have received and given a lot of good, bad, and otherwise advice. Um, but we are sure that you have as well. All right. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Artist at Work. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Instagram and Twitter under the handle at artist at work pod. And our website is the artist at work.com. We'll see you next time.